Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Beauty Me podcast. My name is Sharice Kenyon and this week's guest is Dr. Ewoma Ukeleg. Ewoma is also known as the skin doctor on Instagram and for me her work is an example of how injectables should be done. Here she shares her ultimate must-haves when it comes to looking younger for longer and why retinol is a big daddy of skincare. Yeah, by brand called Epiance, and it's their milky lotion cleanser. Okay. Um, I guess they're comparable to that would be like the Lay O2 by Value Chic Recherche. Oh, as well. yeah. I haven't even Absolutely. messed with that Absolutely. stuff yet. And also, um, and also even comparable to like Glossier Liquid Jelly Cleanser. Oh, so you like that? I I love that cleanser. Okay, I've I been steering away from it, but. Because it's nothingness and everythingness in one. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do, I do. Because, okay, cool, it's not going to cure your acne. It's not going to, you know, cure your pigmentation or whatever. But because it's so basic and gentle and non-stripping, it's great for, like, morning use or, like, if you've got sensitive dry skin, really, really good for that. And especially because my routine is quite heavy with actives, mm-hmm. I don't always like to go so heavy on the cleansers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that in the morning. Um, and then what else? And then after that, usually like a glycolic cream mm-hmm. from Abaji. Okay. Because um, my skin's like a mess right now. What's Abaji? How do you spell that? I don't know. That. O-B-A-G-I. Yeah, I don't know um, that one. It's a medical grade brand. Okay. Um like an American brand um, by, made by this like super uber famous dermatologist in like the industry mm-hmm. I think he even like had Michael Jackson as one of his clients at a time okay. not to get him lighter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might come across a bit wrong but yeah. just to help him with his vitiligo yeah. um, so I use that and then after that yeah, okay. I really like their I think it's called Weightless Broad Spectrum SPF 45 Okay. so like a dab of that or more than a dab like more like a 10 piece size okay um and then i'll mix it with either like an oil or um their collagen hydrator and that's it so you can mix something into your spf yeah i always do that just because i'm just lazy (laughs) you want to get everything from yeah okay yes ideally especially when it's like you know super sunny and hot outside or like if i'm on holiday Yes, then I'll make a conscious effort to like layer your mm-hmm. product because mm-hmm. obviously that's the best way you're going to get your UV protection. But just out of convenience, I just mix it all together, especially when it's obviously like cloudy and whatnot like this. Yeah. Um, and then even the, the facial oil. So the brand that I use is Nori. Okay. Don't um, it's spelled N U O R I. Okay, I've seen um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning packaging. And actually, the whole ethos of the brand is amazing too. Um, and I love their facial oil because it's not greasy, doesn't break me out, and it's it doesn't have essential oils or anything mm. like that. Um, and even, sorry, am I really going off on the tangent? No, I want to know your morning <laughs> and nighttime routine. Because <laughs> um, even, like, on the topic of facial oils, I'm actually, I've only started using them again maybe in the past two months. Mm. So, so I'm kind of scared of them, slash kind of don't like them. Why are you scared of them? Because I have oily, acne-prone skin. Me too. And Me too. I feel like, I guess this kind of coincides with the whole trends and whatnot at the moment, but oily, acne-prone skins need to be careful with oils, mm. mm-hmm. especially not using them too much and mm-hmm. the type of oils. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I'm just kind of testing it out, and I really like it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then nighttime. Yeah. Um, nighttime at the moment, really basic actually, basic in the sense of there's not many steps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll cleanse with either the milky lotion cleanser from mm-hmm. Epiance again. Or I might use the PCA uh, blemish bar, mm-hmm. which is literally like a salicylic acid-based cleanser, and it's literally like in a block. Oh, cool. Because um, obviously, like, you know, you've, you're trying to wipe off the day's yeah, yeah, and yeah. oils and whatnot. So in the night, I like to use a more heavy-duty cleanser. Okay. Um, so yeah, so either use one of those two cleansers, and then after that, I'll use some tretinoin. Mm-hmm. Um... I kind of dabble between 0.05 and 0.1, mm-hmm. so pretty strong. Okay. Um, and that's it. Oh, wow. So nothing on top of that. So just cleanse and put that on. Mm-hmm. And just to explain what tretinoin is and what it does. Um, so tretinoin is essentially uh, vitamin A, mm-hmm. but it's medical grade and hence requires a prescription. So the way I like to like describe retinols to people is that it's on a spectrum of vitamin A as I've said um, and then at the weaker end you've kind of got things like um, retinol palmitate and, and kind of I guess plant based okay. retinol derivative type things and then in the middle you've got retinols mm-hmm. which don't require prescription right. but still effective and then at the higher end you've got oh, retinol I want some of that yeah. yeah it's good it's good stuff it's pretty heavy duty though. I'll show you in a bit. Yeah, because you, well, you did it make you peel? You. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like snake. Like, I need some of that. Bad. Yeah, we can sort that out. But the thing, <laughs> is, the, the way I say, the reason that I say it like that is mm. because it's not for everyone. Okay. So, and I only say that because. Like, obviously, your face is flaking. Mm. You need to carry moisturiser during the day. Oh because I was going quite ham with it. Around my mouth was super oh, tight that was, and dry. Yeah. Um, and were you seeing clients during this time? Or were you uh, at work? The first few days, I think I was at work. Yeah. And then I have had a few clients in that time. Mm. But when I have clients, then I pile on, like, the facial yeah, yeah, glory, yeah. 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 Um, the collagen hydrator from PCA Skin maybe even add in like a hyaluronic acid serum mm. um but yeah <laughs> it's great though I it does make you purge a little bit right okay um that's just the nature of retinols uh, anyway right um but yeah like your skin will literally be like a baby's bum and it's funny because whenever i use it and i'm in that peeling phase mm. i can literally see like if i can find it the demarcation between that new oh, skin oh yeah old the old skin, skin. oh wow What's it like for if you've got scarring? Like, does it help with that? 100%. It basically does everything. Yeah. Like, literally every skin concern, retinol, tretinoin solves it, pretty much. So, it's clinically proven, and there's Mm. actual papers to back it, that retinol treats wrinkles. Mm, So, if you have anti-aging concerns, you need to have a retinol. Yeah, I'm trying to find how to, like... (laughs) how to build it into my routine but this isn't just about me night. right now just yeah because some nights I'm using I bought these radi- radiance products let's mm-hmm. call them so they're acids glycolic mm-hmm. the one that begins with tea I've forgotten it tartaric something like that mm-hmm. but 
they're doing stuff and then on top of that I might put a vitamin C serum so it's like could I put a retinol on the next night yeah exactly so you could do it like a few times a week right okay and especially in the beginning of a retinol journey whilst you're yeah still just easy it, yeah that would be actually the best way to do it okay um but like the glycolic stuff and the vitamin C stuff that you're talking about I actually tend to do that during the day See, I'm scared of doing it during the day because obviously your skin's more... I guess exposed to the elements. Yeah, vulnerable. So in the day I'm more like... SP, I'm more about the SPF. But it would be cool to like actually have my products doing something during the day. Okay. And just obviously then, because you are putting on products like glycolic acid mm. and vitamin C, mm. that will sensitise the skin. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So You have to put on SPF. Yeah and like a good amount yeah okay and also really ideally retinol products should be used at night ideally anyway. yeah yeah so. and you have to wear SPF the next day like 100% oh yeah yeah, 100%. yeah. but anyway back to you Sorry. tell me what's like the one product that any woman I'm guessing you're probably going to say retinol <laughs> the one product that anyone can add into their routine today and see improvements yeah, in their retinol. skin retinol honestly it's my bridal dye I swear. It's a product I'll use the day I die. It's that good. Because it's weird. You often hear about retinol. It, people make a fuss of it. But I feel like there's some sort of pullback from people not wanting to dive in. So instead, we, like, we'll switch to, it's oils or it's the yeah. acids right now. Like, everyone's talking about acids right now. Yeah. But I feel like retinol always comes back. But if I was to ask the, my peers, my mum, whatever, I don't think hardly anyone is actually making sure to use it. But, um, like, good cosmetic dermatologists mm. will recommend... Okay, I'm going to get one. Like, if you're consistently using, over, using it over five, ten years, like, mm. you're going to look younger than what you should be. Like, it's that good. Because recently I had a bad breakout along here. I don't know if you can see, and even now it's still a bit... I can see... You've got something the there. Scarring and, yeah. On there. And even a bit on my forehead too. I'm just like, oh my God. That's what I try and explain to people. I said, in my business, when I used to go backstage at Fashion Week mm -hmm. and my acne was kicking off, it I just felt awful. Yeah. I felt like a fraud. Yeah. So I totally get where you're coming from because you're telling people, I'm going to make your skin amazing. So you, unfortunately, you I have to be the best. skin doctor and have shit skin. No. You've you're like the skin doctor. <laughs> Imagine the embarrassment. No, I totally, I totally um, get it. It's pressure. You're a cosmetic doctor. Yeah. And for me, when I think of fillers, Botox, etc., it's not like you are the majority. It's more like women. It's more like salons that are offering, you know, a few mm -hmm. injections or it might be someone in Harley Street like just so tell me a bit about what what is your day-to-day -day when it comes to the cos cosmetic doctoring so kind of like a typical day of mine yeah or... is it all Botox is it oh no no definite mix so when I first started skin doctor about how long has it been now about a year and a half ago um like the main focus was just injectables okay so that being Botox and fillers and by the way, when it comes to fillers, I pretty much feel or can feel anywhere in the face. Okay. Most places. Yeah. Um, but then I, what I'd say is that more and more, especially within the last kind of six months to a year, it's definitely been a bit more about skincare. Okay. Um, and yeah, so specifically doing a skin consultation, you know, seeing what their skin concerns are like, 
um, reviewing their current skincare routine and then from that coming to like a personalized management plan mm -hmm. um, and then also more recently came up with pills and things like that so it's super varied and then also just to note because I have that medical background when it comes to doing my skin consultations with my ladies I always go into their medical street always okay always 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 ask them about their allergies medications um, I always like to have like a screening question about whether they have PCOS so like polycystic okay, yeah. and things like that mm -hmm. um, so yeah we kind of hit all bases and that is that what every one should be doing that's offering injectables like digging a bit deeper or is that something you choose to do um, I would say that's something that I choose to and I think anyone that does do um, more skin stuff as opposed to injectables mm. should be delving into anyway mm. Mm. but yeah it's definitely something I've consciously decided to do um, just because it's a holistic picture you, it's yeah like obviously the skin's like the largest organ of the body so you can't just approach it from one angle because mm. um, a lot of the time the skin is just reflecting what's going on inside okay have you ever had to say to somebody, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to give you what you want or what you think you uh, need? A few times. <laughs> um, so, let me think. Um, I think uh, the most kind of often reason that I say no to people is if, um, for example, they want super big lips, mm -hmm. you know, they want like two syringes in one sitting, then I'll be like, no, just no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But thankfully, I don't get that much because mm -hmm. I feel like with what I put out there on social media yeah. and on my Instagram, yeah. clients that come to me know my work. Yeah. I they know that I'm going to give them a more natural look, so yeah. I don't really get sausage lips requests. Yeah. I've never um, seen any of that on your feed. I've never seen I've won't. never seen anything and I'd be like, oh, wow. Like. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then also another thing to, that I always bear in mind, maybe once because of it I've said no, mm -hmm. but something I always bear in mind is that when you're a cosmetic doctor, you have to really screen for people with body dysmorphia as well. Okay. How? How do you do that though? Um, so there's a, a criteria online actually, literally just Google like body dysmorphia criteria, mm -hmm. but... Um, it's kind of all of the things that you would think. So, for example, um, being obsessed or overly obsessed with your appearance. Um, does your appearance stop you from even leaving the house? How often do you look at the mirror on a, you know, in a day? You know, things like that. Mm. Um, so, essentially gauging how much their appearance is taking over their life or their okay. dissatisfaction with their appearance is it's taking, taking over. over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and more practically ways that I can look out for that is clients that kind of imagine things that are there but they really want. Mm. <laughs> so for example, oh I've got a line there on my face mm. or you know, oh my face is wonky or like yeah. I'm like, baby look fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, come on, yeah. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's just yeah, any kind of responsible doctor needs to do that. Okay. Because you will meet a lot of people, probably just walk here in my industry, hundred percent. But I would say there's definitely a fine line between someone being a bit insecure, you know, not quite liking aspects of their appearance, 
versus being body dysmorphic. Mm. As you could argue to a degree, you all have a, like a little bit of body dysmorphia, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm. See, I'm fi- <laughs> I'm fixated on something on my face, and I just feel the people that care about you, they're like, oh, you're you're fine anyway, and I'm like, no, I can see these things. So I guess the line between that and like it turned into body dysmorphia. It, it, it's kind of fine yeah but, but for example if they're really someone's really obsessive about their nose because mm. it's wonky or whatever and then I come to review them and they're like actually yeah your nose is a bit deviated yeah I, I get what you mean mm. then mm. it's it's yeah. less so body dysmorphic yeah yeah you know yeah maybe still not healthy yeah but it's not body yeah music, yeah you know like you say everyone's probably got a little mm, yeah, yeah. touch of it absolutely, <laughs> yeah absolutely. i think i probably do if i'm being honest with you really yeah so what what makes you Uh-oh, feel that way that's a slippery slope yeah <laughs> <laughs> do we have enough time <laughs> no but see i mean obviously to me you are stunning you don't even seem to wear any makeup ever <laughs> so what <laughs> <laughs> but what bugs you about your appearance um, Obviously, there's like a constant battle that I have with my skin mm. in the respect of growing up when I was a teenager, like I'd suffered with mild to moderate acne, mm-hmm. been on a ton of stuff from what, you know, the GP gave me. Yeah. Um, and so even when my skin is pretty good, I still have that kind of insecurity in the back of my mind. And yeah. So when people do compliment me about my skin, I'm like, really? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, my body skin's super dry. Like, oh wow! Lizard like dry. Oh my gosh! Um, I'm super self conscious about that actually. Do you? So have you got all your shea butter and? No, do I'm you not use it? stuff like that because I find it didn't really work. Yeah, yeah. But I've got an amazing combination that has been working. Oh, what's that? Um, it's one of them, but um, Eucerin. Okay. Eucerin intensive treatment lotion. Yeah. And it's got like urea in it. Yeah. And then as like a body wash or scrub, I use the um, body scrub by Ameliorate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got lactic acid in it. Yeah. Ride or die. It's really good. I was surprised. Oh, wow. The thing is, you just have to use it properly in the sense of use it on dry skin before you enter the shower. Before you get in, yeah. And also with the Eucerin use it twice a day to get the best results okay that's really helped because i used to get like dry ashy patches that i'm sure okay. every brown girl yeah 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 but now like i don't wow yeah. i'm gonna try i'm gonna try that it's really good <laughs> <laughs> the usual has a bit of a weird the smell oh is it like it's a bit sheeny a bit sheeny and a bit yeah. tacky but hey whatever yeah <laughs> if it stops me from getting gray and all that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially at this time I guess this time you can slather it exactly. all over and exactly. not be bothered yeah. but I do have my insecurities mm. um, I feel like I don't really have much of a chin but filler can solve that so it's fine <laughs> um, like just yeah but it, it's okay like, yeah but yeah That's, they're your things it's like it's fine. I know mine. I do think I've got a wonky face. I've got a wonky <laughs> smile. And I've got these indentations under my eyes that I absolutely hate. And it's really annoying when people that you care about tell you mm-hmm. that you they don't exist. I'm like, they do. In certain light, yeah, yeah. they really do. Yeah. So it's not helping. But um, I get 
where people are coming from. Nobody wants you to feel bad about yourself, especially when there's someone that cares about you. Like, I've only just met you. I don't want you to feel bad about anything about yourself, but the fact is... People do. Yeah. <laughs> it's what makes you human. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, what I always say with treatments, and I guess this kind of ties in with the insecurities that we have about ourselves, is when it comes to having treatments, I know I don't need it. Mm. So even mm. when my clients come, in to, come and see me in clinic, I never force these treatments on them. Mm-hmm. And I never use the, the type of language to suggest that mm. they need something. Yeah. Because they don't. Yeah. But if you want, and if it's sensible, yeah, yeah sure. I can not? do it. We've been talking about insecurities, but tell me when you, what makes you feel beautiful? When do, or when do you feel your most beautiful? Like, or I, you know, I look really good today. Mm, I would say when I'm having a really good skin day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what's a really good skin day? Um, so where I just look glowy, um, like no breakouts pigmentation to like a minimum and like I've just like got my hair done mm. got the lashes done <laughs> um, got my infills done yeah that's when I feel hot and also when I'm not on my period <laughs> okay yeah that's such, that can be such a downer <laughs> What is the what is the how does the period affect you then? What kind oh of gosh. things do you end up doing or um, feeling? So it depends, but I just obviously like everyone feels super emotional, um, and I just feel ugly by default. It's mm. really bizarre. Like trying to get ready in the morning is so difficult. One because for some reason it takes me twice as long in the yeah. morning. Yeah, um, and then also I just feel like when I put on my clothes, I just look weird. <laughs> it sounds really odd but I just you know it's like nothing fits everything yeah. is weird like, you want to throw everything yeah. out yeah. and like you really do put like I guess like a magnifying glass to your insecurities well when I'm on my period anyway mm. but yeah well I know I get bloated which can like even some people can put on like half a stone and bloat so like, it I can affect your clothes usually when I'm on my period really actually. yeah because like I'm either in pain or okay you know, you have that obviously dull cramp, so mm. I don't really want to eat. Mm. Um, so you're not comfort food. You're not like it's oh, period chocolate. Oh, no, no. Maybe like before it, but during. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. no, I can like lose like a few pounds in that week. Maybe it's not wow. water that I, I lose by the end of it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, when did you first like? What was your first memory of beauty? Mm. I would say probably from my mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my mum's very much like, you know, Nigerian auntie, glamour deluxe. Oh, yeah? Like, you know, What's glamour deluxe? What's that? Like, basically gold lipstick. Oh, wow. Like her favourite lipsticks uh, is actually from MAC called Chintz. Okay, I don't know Chintz. Um, for any of those mic heads, they probably know what it is, but it's um, essentially like a gold sheeny colour. Oh, wow. Should be really tacky, but somehow she makes it work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, eyebrows on, uh, like long acrylic nails, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Earrings, everything, gold jewellery, you name it, bit of cleavage, you name it. Um, so that's her. And I'd mm. say so maybe, yeah, so my first maybe memory was... I don't know, maybe like painting her nails. Mm. Yeah. 
really random, but but I guess um whenever she was like in a rush to go to a party mm. with my dad or something, she'd be like, Oh, oh my quickly, come on, paint my toenails, paint my toenails <laughs> And obviously because I was like quite small then, I'd yeah. be like kneeling on the floor painting the toes. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. I'd say maybe that was one yeah. of the earliest memories. Or maybe earliest and fondest memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when did you feel, when did you become aware of like your own beauty or your own looks? Like when did it become a thing? Mm. You know, like sometimes you might, maybe someone calls you beautiful or maybe you noticed you did something and that changed how you looked or. I guess, I don't know. I guess because I was a really adorable child, if I must say so. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So... Even then, well, even then, people <laughs> would be like, oh, you're so cute. Mm. You should be a model or something. Right. Um, but then, what, puberty hit, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm fugly. Oh, like, God. Puberty. Awful. Um, I was spotty, smelly. Oh, you're one of those in the blazers on the on the school bus. Yeah, just, just a nerd, weird. <laughs> 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 then I, yeah, so from about... 13, 12-ish, yeah, mm. then really started to be hyper-aware of mm. my appearance. Mm. Um, I was always that girl growing up as well that would cut her hair, cut a fringe. Oh, and it just wouldn't look how you oh, planned it. Not. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And what about... Um, what were your parents like when... You, like, <laughs> when did you start playing with your looks? Was it something that was cool with them or frowned upon? Uh, like, don't do this to your hair... I don't think it really bothered them unless or until I did something really like weird. (laughs) So if I was like, oh, I want to dye my hair or, oh, I'd love to get like a lip piercing because I was like a bit emo back then. Oh, okay. Um, MySpace days, hey. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was only when I wanted to do something a bit weird. But interestingly, even as a young teen, like when my skin was really bad, like my parents, especially my dad, um, I guess because he's not very tactful like that, mm. he'd be like, oh, what's wrong with your skin? Yeah. And that would just make you feel even Awful. worse. Yeah. And then I'd say from about kind of mid-secondary school to sixth form, still kind of battling with acne, mm. I literally would not be seen without makeup. Oh, gosh. Seriously. And obviously that doesn't really help either, does it? Yeah, it would just but... like exacerbate the problem. Mm. Um yeah that was a very subconscious period for mm. me for sure mm. and how did you come out of that do you feel like you've come out of that um yeah definitely it's not i feel like i'm not as insecure as i used to be um i think maybe just with age mm. um and also maybe just being more confident in who i am as a person yeah and then that's translated on into how I feel physically about myself. Mm, mm. Um, and then also, now that, well, I always have been really, but being like beauty obsessed and then now mm. being able to like delve into the world of like cosmetic medicine, I've essentially come up with a skincare routine that works for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's helped with battling those insecurities. So what do you think of the whole, so many... I think insecurities back then were totally different to say, like, if you took that 12-year-old 
aroma and put her <laughs> in the world of Instagram now. Like, oh, how God. different do you think things are for teens these days that are having I, those insecurities? I really worry about teenagers a lot. Like, a lot. Because, um, and, and I essentially have kind of first-hand experience of that because mm. um, I've done a bit of work um, in a psychiatric unit with teenagers, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and f- from meeting them personally, from speaking to, like, nurses and other doctors, we all agree that, like, social media has changed everything because it's literally a thing now where you have people that have developed anxiety and depression because of their Insta feed. Like, literally. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> or are obsessed or have body dysmorphia because they want to look like their Snapchat filter. Like, it, it's actually super mm. scary. And, mm. and I guess, essentially, what's happening now with, with the youngsters is that they're building their self-confidence and and self-worth via an app. Yeah. And how many likes they have yeah. and, and things like that. And that's super scary. Um, yeah. Do you think anything? Do you think there's any side of it that's actually helpful? Um, yeah, I would say there is in the sense of um, so growing up. So what in the kind of mid nineties, late nineties, you know, we didn't have this whole Fenty Beauty thing. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't like you know go to Boots and find a ton of foundation shades. So just being able to see other girls who look like you, looking beautiful, successful, etc., it's really encouraging. Mm, um, mm. And yeah, and I'd say that would be the kind of positive. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, do you do you think do you experience people coming to you and they're looking for something that they've probably seen on Instagram? It's like a trend to them, and do you have to sort of separate a trend from? A decision that they're actually making yeah. with their face. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe at least half of my clients, when they want injectables, they come in with a reference mm-hmm. of, like, a celebrity. So, for example, I had a girl come in saying that, you know, she really likes Georgia Smith's lips and mm. wants lips like hers. But at the same time, was realistic in understanding that you are not Georgia Smith. Yeah. And you will never look like Georgia Smith. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's give you your lips, but with a little remix of Georgia Smith, if you know. Okay, what I mean. cool, yeah. Um, and well, I'm on a tangent now, so I was just talking about how Instagram <laughs> and social does it directly influence what people are coming yeah, in to sorry. ask for? Um, so yeah, so yeah, I get a lot of kind of celebrity references. Um, I guess also because like my most popular treatment with injectables are lip fillers. Mm. And that in itself is heavily influenced, whether people want to admit it or not, is heavily influenced by people like Kylie Jenner um, and other such celebrities like that. Um, and also maybe it's just like a cultural shift in beauty at the moment mm. as well, where I feel like ethnic features are really being celebrated. Mm. Um, so you definitely think it's being celebrated, not appropriated. <laughs> that word. Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's the most... so? Are people coming with names of specific people that are from a different ethnic group to them, or...? Often, yeah. So, what, a, a white woman will come in saying they want the lips of who? Um, Naomi so like, Campbell? Or? Um, yeah, or like Kim Kardashian. 
Right. Yes, she appears Caucasian. But yeah, yeah. Ethnic wise, she's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, what often clients do as well is that they show me pictures of lips they don't want. <laughs> okay. Um, so they're like, oh, I want my lips to look natural, but not like this. So, i.e., they'll show me like a celebrity who has like sausage lips. Right, okay. So people really aren't asking for those that inflatable look no they don't come to me for that they know right. not to because I see a lot of that inflatable look on the high street they know not to come to me for that I'm just like because I won't how? do it how did it get to that extent like I'm seeing 21 year olds with huge lips yeah. they look painful ridiculous. I know I know and do you know what though people don't realise and I was saying this to a client I think uh, last week actually is that making really good natural looking lips with lip fillers it's actually really hard like it's harder than it looks yeah I can imagine <laughs> um, and so that's why you get a lot of sausage lips flying around because there's just no appreciation of mm. the lip line or the yeah. natural shape yeah they just inject yeah yeah um, and yeah it's a real, it's a real skill definitely a skill um, are there any yeah. questions that women that want any kind of injectables, etc., should be asking the person that's going to do the work. Like, are there any? Yeah. What should they be asking? Um, so first and foremost, they need to ascertain what other qualifications of the person injecting uh, has. Um, so, are they a doctor? Are they a nurse? Are they a beauty therapist? Everyone on my Instagram knows I love the whole idea of beauty therapist injection. <laughs> inje- uh, injecting. Um, That's sarcasm, right? Yeah, Just okay. Kind of, it needs to stop now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, if they do say that they're a nurse or a doctor, are they able to give? Are they able to give you like their registration number? So essentially, every doctor or nurse or even dentist. Um, registered in the UK will have like a PIN number Okay. Um, and it's open to the public you can literally search this number yeah. and see whether they're still on the register whether they have like any kind of outstanding I don't know um, disciplinary hearings or whatnot against them oh wow um, so that's something to note because obviously anyone can say that they're a doctor but they're not yeah. <laughs> um, what else um, 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 how long they've been injecting for mm-hmm. that's another key thing um, having a look at their work, so whether it be on their website, on Instagram, yes, to a degree, someone can doctor images on Instagram, mm, but mm. it's a fairly good kind of litmus test as to know the skill of, mm. of the injector. Um, and also being able to, kind of, or even just asking the, the injector, what would you do if, if something went wrong? Right. Because, again, what people don't realise is that if you just inject enough people, mm-hmm. something will happen. Yeah, yeah, Whether yeah. Whether you're, like, the best Probability, the, yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. Um, you know, because a common reason for that is, you know, human anatomy is completely different. So, for example, um, where kind of someone's vessels are in the lips can vary between even five different people. Mm, mm. Obviously, there's kind of like a standard, but it still can vary. Um, and if, you know, the clinician or the injector turns around to you and says, oh, nothing's going to happen, oh, it'll be fine, that should <laughs> right. send, uh, yeah, alarm bells ringing. Um, what else? Um, um, and also to note, I've said this on my Instagram as well, 
um, a lot of people don't realise that in terms of managing a complication with filler, um, what you usually need is something called hyalase, okay. which is what I call like an antidote to filler, mm -hmm. and it can literally be injected into the area that's yeah. been filled and can dissolve the filler oh, there right. and then. Okay. Um, and that you know um, product hyalase mm. requires um, a prescription. Right. So if someone is a beauty therapist or isn't qualified, mm. how are they legally going to get their hands on that? <laughs> They're not. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so something to be aware of. Um, or if, you know, for whatever reason, down the line, if your patient needs antibiotics, are they competent in terms of prescribing you that? Right. So this is why you yeah. need to explain to me more of the anti-beauty yeah. therapist thing because yeah. I've met, you know, I've been a beauty journalist for like 12 odd years. I've met a lot of beauty therapists. Really? A lot. That's and I think some do, but I need, not on me, I haven't had a single <laughs> injection yet, but tell me why, because obviously that sort of picked my interest, what you just said about the whole, yeah. if, if I needed antibiotics to clear up maybe an infection yeah. post-treatment like yeah. I'm pretty sure they can't do that no, so just can't. just tell me why you're so anti-beauty um, therapist doing these things because again like as I said before these treatments take a lot more skill than what people think mm. and you're not just kind of poking a needle willy-nilly like you really need to know the anatomy behind the face right so whenever I'm injecting anyone obviously I have one eye of on the surface yeah what, yeah know, yeah the feature looks like but also on the other hand i'm thinking about oh what's the anatomy underneath those structures right um because not everyone's the same no um and typically people who aren't qualified i.e are beauty therapists they're not going to think to that extent you know no, no um because obviously not only do i have my training in my like aesthetics and cosmetic work like I have pre and post grad eight years medical experience. Oh my goodness! So yeah, like you know what I've you're talking this about. Years <laughs> and years, um, and even then, you can still learn a ton more. Um, so yeah, so anatomy is a key thing, and and even just the difference between a doctor um, or you know any such clinician and a beauty therapist is the ability to pick up on symptoms and diagnose. Okay. You can't just teach someone that. <laughs> Again, yeah, that, it's that like years of years. working on it, yeah. So an oh, example wow. of that would be um, a side effect or a potential kind of risk that we worry about when you're doing fillers, especially in the lip, is the risk of vascular occlusion. Mm. So that basically means that a bit of filler can get into a blood vessel mm. in the lip, mm. block off the blood supply to that area of lip, Ugh. and essentially within a few days, if nothing's done, that area of lip will die, die and right. look black and gangrenous, yeah. and you'll need surgery, and you'll end up with a scar, and that area will probably end up looking deformed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so if your injector is not knowledgeable on oh, what are the symptoms of, mm. of vascular occlusion? Okay, you know, what kind of things, like, you know, the client needs to look out for? If, you know, in the in the odd chance such things come to play, what, you know, what are they going to do about it, mm. you know? Mm. Um, because I've heard, you know, a ton of horror stories where, you know, people have had early signs of vascular occlusion, 
or have been sickly had the early signs of like a really bad allergic reaction and beauty therapists have just fobbed them off and been like, yeah, it'll go down, put a bit of ice on it. No, you've got to offer some kind of aftercare. And no, but like... they can't though. That's the thing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so so these, these salons that are saying offering two Botox, you know, needles for the price it's of whatever dangerous. on a Friday night. And even Botox is prescription only. Fillers aren't, but Botox is prescription only. So again, wow. don't know how they're getting their hands on that legally. Wow, I did not know that. And with Botox, if you don't have an appreciation of the anatomy, you can easily leave someone with a droopy eyebrow, a droopy eyelid, and it will stay like that for maybe three, four months. You can't reverse it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just kind of have to wait and watch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a lot of damage can be done. Mm. Um, so you really need to do your due diligence mm. on who's the injector. Yeah. Um, obviously, like recommendations from friends are super key as well. Um, and also another thing that I was saying to someone who asked me the same kind of question about, you know, how do I pick an injector mm. like do you like them sounds mm. really weird but do you mm. like them as a person do you get on with them do you no but to me them? that's the same as a hairdresser if i don't like you i really don't want to spend two hours with True. you running your fingers <laughs> through my hair True. and you know and telling you my secrets yeah. as that what seems yeah. to happen in the head yeah. so i i i get that you've got to feel Super comfortable important. yeah yeah so the other side of this thing is like, i mentioned to you before i've got people around me that are like very fearful mm-hmm. of of this industry and that it's you know it's and that it's a negative industry you know we're talking about beauty but we're also talking about enhancing or changing like how do you do you get a lot of flack from anyone about Um, the things that you're doing to make changes to people occasionally i do interestingly they might not like me saying this but Interestingly, I get the odd bit of flack from family. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. It's always family that um, comes yeah. through on the negatives. <laughs> um, family, sometimes followers. So why are they following Instagram. you? I don't really know why, but hey, that's that's the social media generation for you. So um, an example of that would be where, like, I'm pretty open what treatments I've had done on my face. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll get a ton of messages saying, oh, you don't need that. Please stop you're beautiful as you are and I'm like really okay <laughs> like I think I know but thank you anyway yeah yeah um yeah just uh, yeah as I like as I said to you before a lot of people's flat and bad opinions about the industry is based upon misconceptions and bad work which is the only thing that gets reported in the media mm. so for example you know newspapers and whatnot like they won't report about really good work no they'll report about the bad work the extremes about, yeah about the beauty therapist or dodgy doctor who's not really a doctor mm. in any way mm. you know yeah um, so that's what people base their opinions on um, and it's completely untrue um, and what I always say with my clients is that and even myself is that okay great you want to enhance your beauty um you know, make little tweaks, but do you know your limits? Mm. If I have a client and they don't know their limits, that worries me. Right. Because, <laughs> what, they could just keep coming back? Yeah, and keep coming. That's, I think that's even what people around me are scared of. They're like, okay, so you want to get some Botox, but what happens after that? <laughs> they, I think they think I'm yeah. going to turn into a caricature. Sure. And I'm like, no, I just want to do yeah. some tweaks. But I think it's the same with 
They say the same about tattoos. Yeah. Once yeah. you get your first one, you've tried it. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Once you have had one injectable, you are kind of like, ooh, okay, love the results. <laughs> stop, like, stop yeah. this. What else can I do? Um, which is fine to a degree. But again, if you know your limits and it's all within reason, then that's absolutely fine. Mm. And surely, one thing that no one ever talks about, surely there must be some financial limits. Again, when yeah. I see these young women, I'm like, so your lips are like pretty big right now. I'm pretty sure you're going to have to go for a re-up in what, six months? Even earlier, like four months, three months even. So it's, there's a cost thing as well, I think. It's yeah, like, yeah. it could skyrocket. Yeah, it's not cheap at all. No. <laughs> Especially if, you know, you're having like a couple of treatments in one go. So when I have like, you know, a client having maybe three, four treatments in one go, you know, you can easily spend a grand. Yeah. You know, very easily. Um, so yeah, so it, it can take work to upkeep mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're prepared for that, hey. And that's another thing actually that people say to me, but you know, about injectables that, you know, oh, like, you know, you're getting your lips done now, but you're gonna have to keep on coming back. And that's, that's what bad, people are always telling dangerous. me. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, no, you don't need to come back if you don't want to. Right. Like, if you're happy, you know, if you just wanted to try a new look for, like, a few months um, and you're happy for your lips to go back to how they were before, then, of course, you don't need to come mm, back. Mm. But, yes, if you do want to maintain results, yes, you do. Yeah. But, actually, with time, so, i.e., if you're doing, say, for example, lip fillers over a couple of years even once you stop doing lip fillers, your lips won't return to the same size right. as they were. Okay. Because one, fillers promote collagen Growth. in that yeah, area yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and two, depending on how much filler you're being, like having injected. So say like, if you're like Kylie Jenner, who's had like what, three, four syringes put in her lips, you're essentially stretching out the skin. Right. So again, they're not going to return to yeah, how they were yeah, before. Yeah. So tell me, you know, like with skincare, mm-hmm. there's always this whole prevention is better than cure and start early. Like mm-hmm. if you don't want to have wrinkles in your 40s, start in your 20s. Is it the same for these procedures? Like uh, if you're in your 30s, is it too late? No, it's, it's definitely not too late when you're 30. But what I would say is that if you're concerned about anti-aging, you need to start thinking about it from the age of thir- 25 to 30. Um, and 25 does sound quite young Mm. but the reason I say that is because from the age of 25 that's when your hyaluronic acid levels in your skin and your collagen levels in your skin start to drop right um, at a faster rate so again that coincides with actually that anti-aging or that aging process starting yeah Um, so yeah so even just even if injectables aren't your cup of tea that's fine but even starting with a good skincare routine Mm. Like, you've already won half the battle. Right. Because, um, again, another thing that irritates me is, you know, people think that they can just have a ton of injectables and they'll look great. That's no. what I wanted to ask you. Are they, <laughs> are they the same people that are taking care of their skin? Or do you often get people that Ty- just think... Typically, they go hand in hand. So, right. typically, the girls that come to me for injectables or the women that come to me, come to me for injectables have an interest in their skincare yeah. routine. But if you don't, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So um, another example of this is um, when I have clients that want forehead Botox. Right. And I'd say for, with forehead Botox, I get 
kind of a broad spectrum of spectrum mm. of women. Mm-hmm. So, i.e., women that are really into their skincare routine to women that have no skincare routine and they just use baby wipes and like <gasps> super active <sighs> and I don't know they go rock climbing or whatever. Oh, like so they've got some spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so obviously, whenever they come to me for Botox, I'm like, okay, great. Like we've solved one layer of the aging process, mm. i.e., the muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the canvas, i.e. your skin, looks awful, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a waste of money, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a total waste of money. Um, so, yeah. Right. So, if there was, what would you say, like, obviously we're not here to sell your treatments, but I do find it fascinating. Like, what's the thing for you that can make an instant difference to someone's face that you can... Uh, Injectable-wise? Or anything that you do, basically. Anything that's considered... Anything that's beyond putting yeah. cream on your face. Like, what's the thing uh, that... So, I would say... So, starting with injectables, I would say... Botox. Really? Actually, yeah. Especially when you are above the ages of 25, 30, 35. Mm-hmm. Botox can make a big difference. Um, obviously, it can make you look more lifted, more awake... Um, and also it can help to minimise and stop those kind of forehead lines yeah. or lines around the eyes from getting worse yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and hence making you look less tired and haggard Yeah. Um, so that's that's something I would say everyone would benefit from <laughs> even my <laughs> husband got told he should get it when we went to LA bless him I was really careful to not say you know it's something that everyone should have yeah. again, but it's something everyone would benefit from yeah <laughs> Honestly, everyone needs... No, sorry. No. <laughs> would benefit from. Uh, just like, you know. Yeah. Twinkles of Botox. Mm. Botox? Sorry, Botox around the eyes and yeah. the forehead. I like how you call them twinkles. I think you call them sprinkles That's as well it, before. Sprinkles. It's like, just a little dusting. Yeah. Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> so tell me what you think about the insight, what you take in, because I think we touched on it a long time ago, maybe on an Instagram chat, about water. Yeah. Like, for me personally, I drink what many would say is a lot of water. Yeah. Like, my mum doesn't even drink a litre a day. It's Ooh. disgusting. Whereas I I have between three and four litres. If I'm so doing good. four, I'm doing well. You're and doing I do really think, well. I like, do think it has positive <laughs> benefits to my skin, but not if I'm eating all the cheese. Like, I have yeah. to be realistic. Yeah. It's... You, it works hand in hand. But what do you think as, you know, in your um, field? Is it a load of nonsense? No, it's not at all. But there's a few kind of answers to, answers to this question. So what I would say is that, and this might be a bit controversial, but I'm, I'm not condoning people that don't drink enough water, mm. because you should anyway, from mm-hmm. a health point of view. Yeah. But you can still have nice-looking skin and actually not drink that much water. <sighs> Contrary to popular belief. Yeah. Because um, actually when I have my good skin days and I'm not drinking enough water, like, yeah, like my skin still looks fine and really plump. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, so that's something to be aware of. Yeah. But obviously, if you're clinically dehydrated and yeah. I mean by that, like your urine is like really concentrated yeah. and you're yeah. like, you're really dry, yes, then your skin will look yeah. dehydrated and whatnot. Um, and even just from, yeah, like a health point of view, you should be drinking lots of water um, to help with your kidneys and like to prevent water infections and mm. things like that. Mm. Um, because interestingly, um, 
I don't know if a lot of people realise, but in my clinical work, mm. pretty much whenever anyone comes into hospital, we give them a bag of fluids. Right. Just for anything. Yeah, basically. <laughs> pretty much... If, you know, if someone's actually unwell, about 80 to 90% of patients, we give them a drip. Wow. And that could have an effect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because pretty much everyone's dehydrated. Yeah. Most yeah. of us don't drink enough water. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I say that you're doing really well on the four litres front is because actually, like a typical kind of daily requirement for someone who weighs like, you know, an average size mm. or average male size of yeah. 80, not 80, sorry, 60, 70 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want to give them two, two and a half litres actually. Right. Um, to meet their daily demands. Yeah, so yeah. four litres is really, really good. Oh, really trust me. I, that's a, I know that when that's a good day, but really good. the bathroom breaks is like... I know. I it's know. a bit of a pain if you're out and about doing meetings and stuff. But yeah, I would say minimum it's two and a half litres. But four is a really good day. And I do think it... I'm trying. But like I said, if I don't give up the dairy, it's kind of... Yeah. Because I, 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 I can see dairy mm. in my skin. Like, Same. if I have ice cream two days later, Same. bam, there on the cheeks. Same. Add to that the period, bam, yeah. Yeah. all along the jawline. Yeah. And it's like, it's mm. becoming, the payoff is not worth it. The taste. It's so it, good. Yeah. But then the next day, <laughs> it's like, so I'm trying to. No, that's super important. Because actually, when I have um, skin consultations with my clients, I always ask about their diet mm-hmm. and I always try and allude to whether they have dairy in their diet or not. Oh, really? And if they do, and especially like a significant amount, I'm like, you should really cut this out. Um, Just for their skin? Really, yeah. Oh. Um, and even actually, not only for skin, but from a gut point of view too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Which affects your skin anyway, your digestion. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Um, because it's clinically proven, again, with like clinical papers and whatnot that dairy can make acne worse. Yeah. Um, so if that's a skin problem of yours, you should really be cutting down on the dairy. Uh, and also a lot of people, and especially those of ethnic background, mm. um, are actually kind of lactose intolerant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the kind of signs and symptoms of that would be like um, abdominal cramps, uh, gas, um, diarrhea, after having you yeah. know, a dairy product. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's not just from a skin point of view at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read recently that calcium, which obviously is in cheese, in milk, is the main reason that... Um, so say if you have oily skin mm. and you eat a lot of dairy and your intake mm. of calcium is quite high, mm. it's the calcium that actually turns the oil into the gunk that basically comes out of our pores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I read. That, and it was literally the first time I'd ever heard that. And to me, it kind of makes sense in the sense that, say if you're already producing oil, but you're taking in vast amounts of something that's like changing the form of something, then it's probably going to affect what comes out of your skin. I think it's more so the hormones in milk, mm. actually, that can have yeah. potentially an effect on your internal hormones. System, yeah, yeah. And then predispose you to getting acne. Right. Because um, essentially, like, I was reading something think the, the other day. Way. Like, essentially, like, cow's milk is baby growth fluid. Yeah, it's meant for baby cows. <laughs> it's not meant for humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so obviously that means it contains a ton of hormones. And then if right. you're ingesting it... So yeah. you're not vegan, though, are you? No, I'm not vegan, actually. Right. Um, 
but I don't really eat dairy products. If I do, occasionally. Um, but practically speaking, and this is what I advise to like my clients as well, obviously if you have a bit of cheese on your pizza, especially if you're eating out, that's kind of hard to avoid depending on what yeah. restaurant you're at. Yeah. But what I absolutely do not have, and again what I recommend, is like literally having like a glass of cow's milk. Like, you know, a vast amount I of couldn't dairy even do like, that. I don't do that. I couldn't I, I even used do to that. Growing up. Like, yeah. Well as a kid you get it at school. <laughs> But the thought um, of doing that now, no. I feel it would instantly clog my pores. Like, yeah. I, I just couldn't. So I just have, like, plant-based milk to, like, almond. Mm. Um, though even sometimes, I feel like, or I'm, I'm still kind of testing this mm. with myself, mm. that sometimes if I have too much nuts, that can affect my skin badly Well, as yeah, well. I, I would imagine um, it would affect oil production, because nuts are oily as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but they're good oil. Mm. That's the thing. But, but again... Again, what I say to my clients is that you just need to get an idea of what works for your body and what doesn't because I can give you general kind of advice and recommendations, but, you know, as I said, it's a very general recommendation mm, and you mm. might be different and yeah. that's normal and that's fine. So it's just about getting in tune with your body and your skin right? and discovering what it likes and what it doesn't like. Um, so, yeah, so going back to diet. So, yeah, plant-based milks. And what I've really made a conscious effort to do in the past year is to cut down the amount of red meat in my diet. Right. So I pretty much see red meat as like an occasion type food. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to like a really fancy restaurant or like yeah. Christmas or something, yeah, then I'll have red meat. But day to day, definitely increase my veg consumption. Um, and if I do want something a bit meaty, I'll have egg or fish. Right. Yeah. But yeah too much red meat that's no. a big no-no not even from a skin point of view but from like a general health point yeah. of view digestive i've heard yeah. that meat can stay in your system yeah. for days yeah. like that can't be good something yeah. literally putrefying in your system and actually diets that are super heavy in red meat again can predispose you to like cancer yeah well there's such um, a fad for it right now there's people talking about how um I think they're doing it to fight illness, so yeah. they're switching to like proper carnivore. But what's happening is they're so experiencing. Like yeah, yeah. Um, there's a doctor that's amazing. She's a real nerd, though. So some of her podcasts are hard to get through, <laughs> but the science behind it is fascinating. Yeah. She's called Dr. Rhonda Patrick, okay. and she's all talking about the microbiome, yeah, yeah. how that affects you know your gut. Mm -hmm. And so there's. It's almost becoming like a cult amongst people in the it States yeah. that meat is the way and protein, 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 protein. And she says what's happening is they're experiencing really good results. They're losing weight. They're healthier. But what she's saying is take it past the two-year stage and they're not doing so well. Things start breaking down. Their hair starts breaking because you can't your body cannot keep processing that protein day and night like and they're so anti fruit and vegetables literally the things that grow out of the ground um but i think there will be a backlash against it but they've got to wait these two years to see the other side but also if you think about it from like i guess like a more evolutionary historical point of view as well is that like when our ancestors were like cavemen or whatever mm. like they didn't get meat or catch meat no. every day no it was like, oh, once in a month or once in every few mm -hmm. weeks. So I feel like that's how we should treat red meat. Yeah. 
um, or even you could argue meat full stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I don't Cut down meat. on the red meat. Cut down on the red meat. <laughs> right. So we're gonna wrap this up now. But like, what's the what's the one message that you would love to give like anyone listening that's you know got any kind of skin or beauty concerns like what's the what's the one piece of advice that you think um oh can i say two yes Uh, if you've got two (laughs) yes you can (laughs) um i would say first of all that it's okay if you've got skin issues you're not alone Mm. i frequently do do (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and it's totally normal just because you see a girl on instagram or whatever with really nice skin like you can't compare her like you can't compare each other's skin because Mm. until you know until the day comes until like you have the same cell structure (laughs) like your skin's never gonna be yeah 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 and actually half the time those with really good skin have like what we call normal skin so they don't have oily acne prone skin so yes they could just use baby wipes and their skin will still look half decent yeah yeah um so yeah so that's just something to be aware of um and just second of all um i guess not try not to get too kind of caught up in the whole kind of uh product junkie hype um like i'm a bit of a product junkie myself like i love like trying creams and the textures and the packaging and all that good stuff but um yeah just less is more okay less is more um and also you need to be using the right products that contain active ingredients if you really want to make a difference to your skin. Not like a ton of products that you've seen influencer XYZ mm, posting on her page. Mm. Because the reason that she's posting it on her page isn't on the kind of point of view of, oh, um, you know, this is clinically proven mm, to like benefit mm. your skin or whatever, whatever. It's more so, yeah, they're paying me, so that's why I'm putting it on my page. Um, so, yeah, just bear that in mind. So just have a little, be a bit choosy, I guess. Mm, yeah, I think that was three tips in one. Yeah. You got, you got, I'm sure you've got more, but, yeah. but thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and thank you, Awoma. I hope you enjoyed this chat. Please let me know what you think and feel free to send any questions or comments over via our Instagram at beautymepodcast. As always, it would be great if you could hit subscribe to keep up with what's next and leave a review. Thank you.